Flavour Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavour Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Rass and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. This is our co-host, Randy Griggs, coming to you live from Lot B and Lot B- minus out here in sweltering hot California, Randy. You are getting your cigar lit. We are ready for uh, the crusade for the perfect pairing i don't know what the term is that we're looking for but we're we're on this uh we're on this odyssey trying to find this perfect pairing crusade is not even close to the right word i don't know why like indiana jones in the last crusade came up in my head maybe because and they're on like a an adventure it's an adventure that's what it is and we're uh we're trying to find that perfect pairing today is going to be really interesting because we're drinking we're drinking wine randy is trying to open his bottle Randy tried to tell me that he's like a sommelier in training, and if you watch him open this bottle, you are going to disagree completely with that you, you, sentence. You know, you know I, I've got one thing to say to you, Rob. <laughs> Take that. Are you, are, you, are you waving the participation trophy around like it's <laughs> a good thing? Dude, this is the most amazing, one-of-a-kind, like... The first ever, like the most specialist thing that, that the dojo has ever awarded anybody in the history of ever. It's like it, honestly, it's to me, it's a huge insult. But that's just my opinion. You, you mean you're insulted that I got one and you didn't? Yeah. Yes, that makes, that's exactly what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. Come I on, I wrote, I I've, written, I've written one review, and I, we do shows every week. Randy, it's 98 degrees. Not the band in my garage right now and we are out here doing it and i don't even have a trophy to show for it mm, 96 degrees in the shade um the the band did you just really reference a boy band um yes it is crazy hot here in california thankfully for me i live a lot closer to the water than you do and so it actually cools down significantly as soon as the sun starts going down where at your house it'll just sit and fester and it's, it's actually it's not it's not too terribly bad is um, it in the 90s there it is it's toasty <clears throat> but it's gonna be like 75 tomorrow it's the the weather's been so weird around here um but that's you know just well i'll tell i'll tell you coming back from uh being at 103 from 97 to 103 in vegas this past weekend i i always used to roll my eyes at it but the whole it's a dry heat thing that holds water like that's that, legit. Oh, absolutely absolutely yeah. that's the the beauty of it is it's dry and there is no water that's why ah, ah, that was uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, i want to thank the fine folks at drew estate randy the rebirth of cigars for sponsoring our show today yes. uh let's welcome in the boys uh from the home studio fellas What's what happening? is going on? I'm Boys. really excited for this episode because we're 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 branching into new territory. And check mm. this out. Check this out. We uh, 
Me and, me, and Matt, me and Matt both brought some Chardonnay. Matt's got some in the fridge mm, chilling. I got the custard <laughs> Chardonnay from California, 2017 vintage. Lovely. And so, but you know what? This is, I, I got to say, I'm excited because this is unique and different, and I like something unique and different. So I'm looking it forward to it. It seems like it would pair well. With I'm looking forward to seeing in what you guys theory. say about this thing. I, I love that uh, the father and son duo are wearing matching T-shirts. Oh, now. no, are we? That is... No! Uh, <laughs> Oops. Absolutely adorbs. Uh, but mine is uh, size... Vintage. Smedi- medium. <laughs> His is it's, a little larger, if you know what I mean. Stop it. Hey, now. <laughs> That's just plain mean. Yeah. Just, just, just plain mean. <laughs> so... As uh, as the boys told you, we are uh, branching out on this pairing a little bit. So Randy and I kind of waffled on this. We went back and forth, and we started with the idea of of pairing with gin. Frankly, that was where we started, and <clears throat> then it, it kind of morphed into a gin cocktail. But we already did a cocktail last week, which was a fantastic pairing, by the way. If you haven't watched last week's show with uh, Nick Perdomo and the uh, we did the Perdomo champagne with the Moscow mules, that was. Those worked out real nicely. Um, so we kind of hedged our bets on doing another cocktail. And then we started to think about Chardonnay and, uh, you know, maybe doing a white wine pairing. And then we started talking about doing like a, like a Highland Scotch pairing. But Randy made the best point. He said that if this is probably the only time this year that we could pair with a white wine and have it potentially work. And that was what sold me on it. Yeah, uh, Robbie, I was just going to, before you you answered the question that I had in my mind already, I was going to say, I was going to ask you what (laughs) put you guys on the track to a Chardonnay, but that you answered it before I could get there. So the, this, this thing is one that I don't think anybody expected. And and frankly, I'm not sure, guys, I'm not sure I've ever paired a cigar with a white wine at all. So... Yeah, I can't think of it. Any yeah. occasion? I'm Any absolutely occasion. positive that I've never done it before. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely strikes me as one of those ones. It's why I, I did push for it, and to Rob's point, it, it's, you know, if any cigar and wine, white wine are going to go together, it's going to be Connecticut. So uh, we're going to have a lot of opportunities to pair brown spirits uh, for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Uh, every, yeah. every week we could we could pair with scotch. But yeah. It, yeah. Is it totally? It, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Patrick. I did tell you that it was scotch. Uh, we had. All, I'm telling, and Randy swears that we never had this conversation. And then we arm wrestled, and I lost. So we are having. Uh, that's I'm bigger than ex- he is. That's going to be my excuse for everything: is we arm wrestled for it, and I lost. But it's a virtual arm wrestling because we are practicing social distance. Absolutely. You guys are still uh, practicing that. I, we haven't really perfected it yet. It's. It's. Mm, we are still practicing. Still in practice mode. Mm. To be. To be. Clear, we gave that up some, long ago. Well, to be clear, uh, we are still, um, our area was the first to go into shelter in place, and it looks like we are destined to be the last to come out of it as well, even though the state in, of California. In, Cal- in California. Well, because you guys are the most woke. You're just making a point. Oh, boy. Outwoke oh, in the nation. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, that's why we're not in the same studio yet, but we are looking forward to uh, to sharing Sharing a table of me having my buddy right here next to me. I miss you guys. We are trending, Randy, in that direction. And I'm going to go out on a limb 
and uh, guarantee that by the time we get through, what's the next rapper that we're doing? Yeah, I don't know, but I got Randy, this trophy. Randy, Randy, <laughs> Randy. Trophy. I stand in front of the Hall of Fame on the steps in all my glory. I'm not allowed in the building, but I'm allowed to congregate out in front. <laughs> uh, the next, uh, the next rapper that we will be covering will be Corojo. So I'm, I'm going to guarantee that before we finish with Corojo, we will be back in studio. Oh, yeah. And, Bold yeah, prediction, I'm Babe Ruth. I'm, I'm making that promise. <laughs> Colin is shot. Um, well, great. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll tell you, there, there was a, I have, an, I had an agenda. I'll be honest with you for um, pushing the Chardonnay angle, as you'll find as we go through the show, and I get to share You're with the in something, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and a national medal winner. Um, but. Uh, we'll we'll get to that, and uh, and so I can I am, feel the I'm... audience rolling their eyes. <laughs> I can absolutely feel it. Uh, but no, no, that's that's uh, no. Randy does have some some wine expertise. I, I was uh, sharing this with Eric uh, off air, um, but as this season goes on, Randy and I will um, switch roles uh, a, a little bit depending on the pairing. We're gonna stick with the same roles. I'll be the cigar guy, and and Randy's gonna be the the liquid guy. Uh, through the rest of Connecticut, but once we get into uh, some of these other, when we st- when we start focusing a bit more on cocktails, a bit more on brown spirits, that'll be more in uh, in my wheelhouse. You never, Randy, never drink white wine from a stemless glass. You douchebag. Um, <laughs> Ouch. Jesus Christ. Is that um, too strong? Uh, that that's okay. I. Couldn't care less what uh, his bougie-ass <laughs> thinks. Uh, you also think that the elite meet to eat in Vegas, but the reality is the elite meet to go to weddings yes. in Las Vegas. Randy, let's that, talk about the wedding, baby. <laughs> Woo! That was amazing. That, that is what Eric and I did this past weekend. We were, um, what an honor. Honestly, I can't say enough. Well, I, I, I know everybody can assume that I was fairly disappointed to get uh, overlooked for the Hall of Fame enshrinement to get to be in the presence of uh, the live show for the Hall of Fame in the backyard of one of my best friends and and a uh, Hall of Fame alumni. Um, that was such a great experience. And um, and for those that don't know, you know Kevin Acuff, you know uh, wed his lifelong love. Uh, uh, Barbie girl, who's a dojo contributor, she's on. She's on here regularly. Um, they actually asked me to become ordained to officiate their wedding. I was not ordained ahead of time. I had never officiated a wedding in my life, um, but they thought it would be a fun way to involve me in a very special day in their lives. And we were all absolutely honored that Eric and his beautiful wife April uh, chose to come down and be part of the festivities. Uh, so I was the efficient, Eric, you want to talk about your experience at the wedding? I, I got to give away Barbara. Like I got to give away the bride to the groom. It was incredible. We yeah. had, a, we wow. had a great time. We smoked a lot of cigars. We drank, Hey, by the way, we drank the boss hog whistle pig, Jordan. Yes. Mm. It was amazing. That's good stuff. It was amazing. Like I, 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 I've drank pretty much every bourbon and whiskey you can think of from the Pappy line all the way down, but I'd never had that one, and it did not disappoint. What are they, Virginia, maybe? 
I thought it was Canada. I thought they were in Canada. But I could be That's wrong. That's what I used to think, and then I got proven wrong. Anyways, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, and the pairing for After the Wedding wasn't just a whistle pig boss hog. That was paired with the infamous uh, Davidoff Cigar Dojo collaboration. Oh, yeah, it was great. Oh, baby. It was a pretty high-end it, it was bougie. Shindig. Yeah, it was, it just, was bougie. It was bougie. It was bougie. Yeah. Yeah, can we bring oh, those back? Time. I mean, I'm running low on my Davidoffs. You know, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but as soon as it was determined that Randy was ordained, God retired. He was like, "Nah, that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I can't. There's only so much I can take. Boom. I'm done." <laughs> now uh, you did, Randy, also get a certification for that as well. Of course. Of course, yes. No, I so that I have the certification for my ordainment um, in a frame, and then additionally, you know, I couldn't figure it out at first, and Kevin finally uh, drew the line, connected the dots uh, for us uh, in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> in Las okay. Vegas, it, you need to be more than ordained. So because of the chapel business. In Vegas, they try and protect that industry, and so they make it very, very difficult for you to officiate as an independent person. Where my or my ordained my minister uh, title would allow me to marry anybody in California on a whim. In Vegas, I had to go through a testing and uh, a, a training, a testing, and an application process uh, to to be given permission to uh, legally pronounce them man and wife. And so, um, and it was fantastic to be perfectly frank. I mean, obviously with the whole pandemic and everything, um, it, it was all up in the air and, you know, travel was changed and his best man couldn't be there. But, um, but they actually postponed the wedding to allow for my application process to go through. So, uh, uh, clearly, it was important to uh, Barb and Kevin that, that I be part of it, and, and I'm I'm honored and touched, and uh, worked really hard on my little ceremony, and it was it was brief. I didn't make it about me, which was you know probably Surprising. the toughest part. <laughs> there was there was a whole section on cocoa nibs during the <laughs> ceremony. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. How is this relevant? Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, so, so it was a great time. For one last time on the air, congratulations, Kevin and Barb. Yes. We wish you guys all the best of luck and, and know you guys are going to be very, very happy together for the rest of your lives, man. We're touched. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. All right. Congratulations. That's awesome. Randy, there was a question while you were speaking. Is the participation trophy certified? <laughs> I, I mean, Eric is is the uh, the officiating body that uh, awarded me this great honor, uh, this one of a kind great honor, I might say. There's, I don't know, I'm gonna just wildly throw out a number between 27 and 35 Hall of Fame members. There's only one of these, only one. Robbie, Robbie, <laughs> the, the truth is, it is a huge honor because I spent like seven dollars and twenty three cents. On that trophy, so I mean, come on. That is a that is a very specific number. Yeah. Is is that a, a dojo? Like, did you just print the dojo logo out and tape it on there, or kind of, it... pretty much? Yeah, like it said, it said uh, it was a star on there, and it said gamer. 
yeah. I love that it's orange. I yeah. like that. It's on brand. Yeah, yeah I it's mean, I, pi- I picked that part out. Beautiful. <laughs> I, um, we give you a hard time, but you, uh, we, I think we all can agree that if you were not doing this show, please don't make that into a necklace. If you were not doing this show, you would very much be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, thank you for that, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, so back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we do yeah. have a pairing here, Rob. Why don't you uh, introduce let's, our pairing? Let's talk about it. So tonight, we are smoking a cigar that has been um, spoken about several times, I believe, on the show. Uh, Eric and Jordan will not shut up about this particular cigar. This is Holy the... Holy cannoli. <laughs> the numero uno uh, from Poya de Nicaragua Cigars. This, Randy, is part of the Obras Maestras. Perfect. Thank you. Um, line which, uh, Jordan, according to your fantastic review here, uh, means it's a masterpiece series. It's part of their masterpiece series. Masterpieces. Yes. And I don't know. That could have gone with the, if I was then, the number series or something. Every cigar in the masterpieces series is. But then yeah, Numero Uno is always going to be better than Numero Dos, you know? But they have the Cuatro Cinco. Oh, yeah. Which is a big, uh, you're a big fan of. Oh, the Cinco de Oh, you're mm-hmm. right. These are numbers. These are all numbers. Uh-huh. The, the Cinco de is very good. The, uh, the uh, Cuatro Cinco, that might be my favorite cigar that they make. That is just. I've smoked that in several different sizes uh, from the original release uh, on down. It is very, very good. Uh, but today we're smoking the uh, the Numero Uno. And as we said before, we're pairing it, Randy, with a with a white wine. We're going specifically with Chardonnay. We're gonna there's different types of Chardonnay. It's you can get, you know, real down into the weeds with this. Uh, we're just gonna stick with uh, calling it Chardonnay off the top. I'm gonna let everybody know that I am drinking. Uh, it's a little bit wet because I've got it in the ice bucket here, but I've got a Duckhorn Chardonnay uh, circa 2015, um, and Duckhorn is a, I was going to say brewery, <laughs> it is a winery out of Napa, California, but we'll get into that a little bit more uh, as we go. Randy, what are you drinking? I don't know which uh, which wine you ended up with. So I went with um, the Kendall Jackson. I don't know where my camera is. Okay, that's not working very well at all. I went with the Kendall Jackson Grand Reserve Chardonnay. Uh, This is a Santa Barbara County uh, 2018 Jackson Estate wine. Um, So you said we're gonna we're gonna wait on getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah, well, well, let's let's go over the uh, the basics of the cigar because we've talked about it a lot. and then we'll uh, we'll jump into the wine because I know we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a lot to say uh, when we start talking about the wine. Uh, the Numero Uno, as I said, Hoya de Nicaragua um, joined the rotation in 2019. It was immediately named the day it was released the number one cigar of the year by the none only n- no other than the Cigar Dojo um, rated this the number one. Cigar of the year, boys, and this, this is, is so good. And this is this is more of a classic style Connecticut. I mean, we're t- we're talking about the Connecticut leaf as the wrapper. This uh, in this first leg of season two, and we're kind of seeking that perfect pairing for uh, a Connecticut wrapper. Uh, and this, there's the the talk of we talked about it a little bit last week. Your grandfather's Connecticut, or uh, a souped up Connecticut, a New World Connecticut. Well, New World Connecticut that's taken uh, a. Uh, 
uh, like a you know a, a modern Connecticut, a, a Connecticut with some teeth that's brewed. That's brewed. I, I got beer on the brain, Randy. Uh, that is uh, blended for uh, the kind of the modern American palate that I like to call it. Uh, this one, guys, is a bit more of your kind of your classic style Connecticut, right? I would say in body, yes, but in flavor and complexity, it's amped up through the roof. Indeed. I, I, not, but I, th- I think Robbie's point is right. I, I, this I, is yeah. more in line with uh, 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 the old style Connecticut. It just has more complexity more, and, and right. flavor, but it's definitely not like it's not a strong cigar in any stretch okay. of the imagination. So for me, the way I describe the modern Connecticut is amped up doesn't mean strength. It means amped up in anything, flavor. Okay, that's fair. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, fair enough. I guess we'll um, have to agree to disagree, Jordan. Yeah, it's indeed. Indeed we will. Um, <laughs> to me, this this is, it's it's more of a classic expression, but I will say it is amped up in flavor. It's definitely not amped up in strength. This checks in for me. This is uh, my first time smoking this cigar, actually. And this checks in, I'm about, I don't know, Randy, we're at the middle of the second quarter. You know, we're we're still we're checking our timeouts. We're making sure we get enough timeouts to kick that field goal at the end of the first half. Um, and it is checking in at kind of like a medium on the strength level, medium minus. I don't know if I'd call it mild, but you know, it's pretty close. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm going. Uh, I'm going to say it's yeah closer to medium than it is to mild. It's it's definitely got a, a mouth filling um, smoke character. You re- it really uh, lingers on the palate. Uh, quite a bit, which um, you know may actually give a per- uh, perceived uh, m- more of a full body than it mm. actually is because of that lingering. That's a really um, good point. Uh, characteristic, and um, yeah, no, I, I, I do agree. Even though I don't love that both you and Jordan decide to just repurpose existing terms for your own individual meanings, um, it, it is definitely a very full flavor. Um, cigar, it's quite a bit different than what we smoked last week with the the champagne. I think the champagne did was more amped up, had more body, had uh, a little bit more uh, bite to it, if you will. Um, where where this one uh, is is very elegant in, in its flavor and and smooth and mild, um, while can still ask, being yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Between this and the champagne, which one to you has more flavor? Pardon me. More, more flavor. Stronger. Uh, so, yeah. well, well, champagne has stronger flavor. It's it's definitely stronger flavor from the champagne, but this um, probably has a little bit more nuanced uh, uh, nuanced flavor. I, to me, this has light years more flavor than the champagne. It's just the, the depth of, of um, and, and nuance, I think, is part of it. The nuance of it. And I'm not saying anything bad about the champagne. It's a fantastic cigar. I really enjoyed that. I hadn't smoked one of those in a while. That's not the kind of thing you want to say on the show when you have, you know, the, the, the owner of the company is your guest. But I used to smoke those cigars a ton. And then I hadn't smoked one in a while. And I was reminded how good that is. And mm-hmm. I've, since I purchased, I picked up a five-pack. It's on the way. Because um, I think all of my local shops are closed, frankly. But uh, I do have a five pack of that on the way because it does have a ton of flavor to it. This is a, a, this is playing a different ball game for me. This is a totally different beast. This is a different animal. This is a different sport. 
this checks in, this being the numero uno, checks in with an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Nicaraguan binders and fillers. Comes from the Hoya factory. It's a small batch production. I'm getting all of this from a lovely website called CigarDojo.com. Look up uh, the review from our good friend Jordan Getterson. He does. A, well, he did does you guys uh, happen to see this job. week's news on the new size? I got come out with this in a Churchill. Ohio, really a Churchill? That's a perfect size for this. That's like a true Churchill, like a seven by forty-eight. I mean, it's six and seven eighths by forty-eight, if I remember. Correctly. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That could be. That's a nice two and a half hour smoke, maybe three. Oh yeah, because yeah. you can even make this thing last quite a while. Yeah, I see that your your smoke time was. Uh, what did you have on here? It's like I, I was looking at it, and it's like almost two hours. Yeah, you had just about two hours for this. So we get into uh, Jordan gives it. He says mild strength, which I totally I totally agree with. The body is medium to mild. Uh, flavor medium to full. I don't know if it's a full flavored cigar. It's a full flavor uh, Connecticut. I would say that. Um, Core flavors. I'm looking at these core flavors. I totally buy into everything. The one that jumps out at me is brown butter because that is super, super specific, dude. Brown and butter, I'll, baby. I love I'll me some what, brown butter. <laughs> everybody here, 150% of you have had, I'm looking directly into the camera now. I'm speaking to you directly. Jordan, can I have a full screen? 150% of you have had Rice Krispie Treats. Have brown buttered Rice Krispie Treats. It will save and change your life. It won't save your life. It's going to change Because <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to eat the entire thing. My wife, I, I don't even really like Rice Krispie Treats. But when Dana makes them, like, she has to hide them from me. And I cut them off in, like, big chunks. Like, this big piece and just gnaw on it for hours because they're so good. I don't oh know what gosh. it is about browned butter that changes the entire experience. But No, I totally but, agree with you because my wife makes these browned butter chocolate chip cookies. And they're not mm. even like chocolate chip cookies. They're just, they're, mm. well, I mean, they're chocolate chip cookies on steroids. I can't even describe them to you. They're so good. Brown butter just takes things and makes it better. It just makes it better. It's like, anyway, a, it's like, like a nutty, caramely yeah, stuff that comes out of it, you know? It's weird. You, you just, and like to brown the butter, you just cook it just a little bit longer. And just let it heat up just a little bit longer, and it just changes the complexity of the flavor so much. Anyway, I, I the digress. The thing about browned butter is it's very easy to burn. Burn, and it turns know? into burned butter, and that sucks. That's not good, yeah. And it's bad popcorn. So do you want to quickly, in case nobody knows what you're talking about, just, uh, just describe what you do to make browned butter? It's not just you don't just buy it from the store. This is a cooking process. It is. I can get my wife in here to explain it. She's really good at it. I, it's, I think you just heat it in the pan. You don't add anything to it, but you heat it, you heat it up in the pan a little bit longer than normal. I think there's a very fine line between having browned butter and burnt butter, just like Randy said. But I would suggest use the Google machine, and uh, there, are, <laughs> there are a myriad of websites out there with videos that will explain it to you. I, I know what it tastes like. Uh, burnt butter dibs, the brand name. Dibs in the – oh, burnt butter, yeah, yeah. Do it. Do it, Jack. Um, <laughs> Hi, Jack. How are you? I hope you're well. The, uh, the boss is watching. I know. Oh. Sitting up straight. <clears throat> Did you see my T-shirt, Randy? Uh, 
no, but if if I can make a, a point to say, because I'm still giddy about it, uh, our good friend Abe at Smoke In uh, has joined the family of uh, sponsors for Cigar Dojo and specifically for Flavor Odyssey. And these beautiful numero unos from Hoya de Nicaragua are brought to you today for our show by Smoke In. But I think, guys, browning <laughs> browning butter is just like putting it like in a cast iron pan, melting it, and just keeping it is stirred while right. it's melted until it starts to reduce a little bit. Like people do, like white ro- wine reductions and stuff like that. Sure. It's a little bit like that. You just gotta be careful that you don't overdo it. But you guys are all right when you say it brings out some sort of nutty flavor. Yeah, and exactly. I think what we're all talking about with this cigar is that nutty flavor that you get. There's some sweetness, a little uh, uh, saltiness. All of those things come into that sort of like browned butter flavor, and this cigar's got it in spades. It is it is super super delectable. This cigar, it's got so much uh, depth of flavor to it, and I, I I made a point to smoke about an inch of this, which you know isn't really um, you know obviously it's not the whole cigar, but I wanted to get an idea of the flavor before I started the pairing. Um, and we'll get into the pairing itself here in a minute. Uh, just so everybody knows, this particular cigar, it is it is a limited release, but it's it's limited uh, to fifteen hundred boxes a year. It's so like a seasonal type of deal. Yeah, it's it's limited in the sense that they call it that, but you're not going to have a hard time finding it. Uh, it actually sells out quite quite a bit it, it, during certain periods. It's extremely tough to find, but uh, but yeah, limited production, limited. But ongoing production, I believe, right. is the uh, and it's only available key. at the uh, Drew Diplomat authorized retailers. Oh, this is, this is a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't in your review. Um, <laughs> that actually, that's just from this I, press release a couple days ago. Oh, it's just oh, so it's changed. Okay, so we have and we also have the new size, which is very exciting. I'm going to track some of those down myself. Yeah. Uh, Randy, I, you are chomping at the look how excited you are. You are chomping at the bit to talk about wine. I know you are certified. Somehow in wine, it is in the uh, the signature in your email. Tasty cashews, absolutely, yeah. Bob. That is a great call. It's it's it does have a nutty a nutty quality to it, but not like I know Jordan says salted peanuts in his review. I don't get a ton of like peanut flavor, but a cashew has a, a bit more of a like a creamy. Oh, creamy. Mm, right. Yeah, creamy is kind of weird to say when you're talking about you know nuts but uh jeez bro what the heck sorry i didn't mean it like that and now that i hear myself say that it sounds terrible i didn't mean it like that i I mean there's there's nothing creamy about the texture of of a peanut but a cashew for some reason has i don't know it has a bit of a creamier texture to it and it's got a a a bit of a sweeter flavor to me now that's true but i do get a little i get the saltiness that i would find in a peanut sure yeah so it's like maybe like an unroasted peanut Ooh, Ooh, now we're really getting specific. Now we're getting <laughs> real specific. Um, so it, there's a nutty character. There's some cream. There's a little bit of sweet cream in here. Uh, that to me, here Jordan offers a, a bit of a sourness to it. Uh, toffee covered. You uh, maybe one step too far there. <laughs> maybe one step too far. The, re- re- reel it in. Reel it in. Yeah, dial it back. Dial it back. The uh, the okay. What's sweet bread or sweet breads? Like those are a couple of different. Things. Like you're talking about a bread, like, like bread. Yeah, I don't know quite what. Those aren't sweet breads. Like, isn't that like, yeah, like lamb cheeks. So, uh, as you said, I am excited to talk about the 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 pairing 
I tried his parents off, Jordan, Jordan uh, You know, up. so something I, I did want to point out as uh, we have taken a, a a pretty drastic change in the the uh, theme of the show uh, coming into season two. Uh, as as everyone's watching has has noticed, and if you are watching, we always appreciate if you share the show on your own uh, uh, Facebook feed. Get the word out and let people know that uh, we're here doing some fantastic, fun things with cigars and pairing. Um, it is. It, I did want to make the, the special note that we are trying to kind of move away from the very brand-specific pairings uh, like we did in uh, Season 1 from A to Z. Um, and so it, it's really about pairing Connecticut's and libations. Today's Connecticut and Chardonnay. And so uh, we, we want everybody to be able to follow along. We know it can be tough to go out and buy the same uh, pairing that Rob and I are doing each week. And so we, we are opening it up uh, again uh, as he's drinking the Duckhorn today and I'm drinking the uh, Kendall Jackson Chateau Reserve. There are going to be variances, obviously, you know, as, as Rob's pointed out, this is a very different Connecticut than last week. But we tried to choose four Connecticut's that are very representative of Connecticut's as a whole that you can find uh, available in the market. And, um, and so going into that and we want you guys to, we'd love to hear your guys's feedback, whatever Chardonnay you had kicking around in your fridge uh, that you pulled out to drink today, you know, please share it on the show. We're going to be uh, asking Jordan to tell us some of the people that uh, had some comments and uh, feedback on the pairing that they're doing. And, uh, and we'd love to hear what you guys are experiencing with your pairings at home. Uh, Chardonnay, though, I would say is um, one of the wider uh, spectrums of flavor that you're going to get in a single varietal wine, as Chardonnay in itself is actually has a very neutral characteristic. It's a classified as a non-aromatic, uh, non-aromatic white grape, um, leaving for a lot of manipulation in the winery to be able to uh, imbue other flavor characteristics through uh, very varied techniques that we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, so Chardonnay, and for the record, uh, you know, I, I have been a uh, uh, passionate wine, uh, home winemaker, as well as uh, I, I, I have become uh, a wine judge. I am a certified wine judge and uh, for a long time was going to go um, become a professional winemaker at one point in my life before beer completely took over. Um, so I, I do know a little bit about wine technique and winemaking if there's any questions that, that come about. Um, that being said, uh, the Chardonnay varietal, uh, its origin is Burgundy, France, which is the eastern part of France. Uh, it is known to be a medium to full body with a low to medium acidity. And that's one of the big key aspects of there being such a variety of flavor that can be found in Chardonnays is uh, dependent on the terroir, which would be the, the, the soil makeup, the uh, climate, the temperature, the altitude that the grapes are grown. They can range anywhere from uh, very low in acidity to very bright and acidic. And so as you get uh, a warmer uh, climate, you will push into more tropical flavors of pineapple and mango, where a cooler temperature uh, origin is going to give you uh, anywhere from a more citrusy and lighter, brighter uh, acidity. Uh, white, 
I'm not. Well, I have a book here, but if it's for reference, come on, Bob. Um, the the uh, the Chardonnay varietal though is um, nearly always oak aged, which is very unique for a white wine. Uh, oak uh, oak aged. Uh, it is um, uh, oak aging is typically a red wine technique, uh, not normally found on white wines and um, there's something called malolactic fermentation uh, where a bacteria is uh, introduced into the wine that will consume the malic acid which is known to be very sharp and turn it into lactic acid which is the same acid that would be found in milk so leading to that buttery creamy character and the oak aging is going to impart uh, a uh, a woody spicy nutty and um, and have some vanilla in it, so give it a kind of vanilla uh, spicy characteristic. And so that's really what drives uh, Chardonnay as we know it. Like most people think of it for the oak aging and that creamy, buttery character that comes from the malolactic fermentation. Uh, Chardonnay is the number one white wine sold in America and uh, primarily from California. Well, Chardonnay is grown in virtually every wine region in on the globe today. And so that's my primer on Chardonnay. Wow. Well, oh, that's that's that is that's hefty, dude. There is, I I, I do give you a hard time because it, it's honestly I enjoy poking fun at you, <laughs> but you really do. I mean, you're, honestly, you know your stuff, and all you need to do is get an email from Randy, and you will see all his certifications in his signature. There's all these little like medals and stuff. I'm waiting <laughs> for the picture of like if if you do put the picture of your. Uh, your participation trophy for dojo in there make sure you make it a png so there's no background just cut the background out nicely duly noted it's it's a it's a skill we know that you've you've learned lately so that would be nice to have i'm, I'm, wor I'm working on it thanks for noticing so but randy i gotta say just real quick uh just your description of chardonnay makes me appreciate what i'm drinking more like what as you were saying that about especially like the lactic acid like okay, I took okay. a, I took a drink of that and of my wine. I was like, okay, I get that. Like, that was interesting. Awesome. Yeah, we we do give you a hard time, but you really do know your stuff. Um, from a layman perspective, and this was something I mentioned to you on the phone. Still kills me that you're drinking that stemless. Um, the like, there's there's kind of a delineation. At least I've always understood it this way. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is there is your oak aged Chardonnay? They're going to have that kind of buttery quality, like you just mentioned. And there's Chardonnay that's going to be steel aged, where it never goes into the oak. There's that's not that flavor is not going to be imparted. So it's going to be a bit more uh, dry, I guess, is the right way to put it, uh, and almost have a a flavor a flavor component that's that's missing that buttery oaky quality. Mm -hmm. It's almost along in along the lines of like a. Um, uh, uh, like a Sauvignon Blanc or something yep. along those lines. So it's going to be, yeah, a bit more dry, maybe a bit sweeter. Mm -hmm. But um, even though I know dry and sweeter are contradicting terms, but you understand sure. what I'm saying. Yeah, no, you you could definitely go all steel, and um, and it's going to accentuate those fruitier characteristics. And so fruitier you, is what I meant, not dry. Yeah. That's a thank you. That's the right word. Yeah, yeah. So it'll still be dry, but I'll have that fruitiness that'll give kind of a sensation that a lot of people um, may confuse for sweetness. Because you know, when you when you taste pineapple and mango, you, your your you know mind immediately tells you, well, 
pineapples and mangoes are sweet. So what I'm experiencing is sweetness, even though it is dry. So that that is one way to go. It's a very small percentage of, of Chardonnays uh, that are produced that way. Um, but but there but there are some wineries that. Steel, you mean. Yes, yes, yeah. without without the oak. And now, now, just because you use steel doesn't necessarily mean that it hasn't undergone the malolactic fermentation. Um, uh, but but if you're avoiding oak, it, it is to try and create a, a, a variation. Yeah, a yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like throwing a broadleaf binder underneath a Connecticut wrapper. Right, right. <clears throat> Look at that. See, full circle, baby. Full circle. <laughs> Uh, we just saw a comment from Kevin said that this pairing is working out pretty well. Uh, we can, I, I, I'm, do we, if uh, Jordan jump in or Eric jump in, if we have any audience questions uh, yeah. that, you know, want to ask about wine or anything specific, <clears throat> but uh, I think we we're kind of ready to jump into this pairing. I, I'm actually pretty excited to talk about it on my end. So this, this duck horn, and I'll give you like a, just a tiny little back, a bit of background on duck horn, um, I keep wanting to say brewery, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, Duckhorn Winery, they've been around since 1976. Randy, that makes them one year older than me. Wow, one year. Old. No, it just means I've done nothing with my life. Um, <laughs> it's uh, No, it's uh, Dan and Margaret Duckhorn. I've always thought Duckhorn was an interesting name. Uh, <clears throat> started the, the vineyards uh, back in, in 76, Napa Valley. <clears throat> they uh, have seven estate vineyards randy we talked about this a little bit off air and the state wine is classified as something that there's no outside grapes it's just the stuff that's grown by this particular winery and all of the fermentation all of the the handling of the grapes the bottling everything happens on site now the 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 fields may be somewhere else but it's trucked in and it's all done by them there's no outside uh influence so to speak on the wine that makes it an estate wine uh, they have, they list their vineyards as estate vineyards. I guess that's just kind of a turn of phrase. Uh, but they've, like I said, they've been around for about 40 years. They they became prominent with their um, <clears throat> their perfecting of Merlot. Uh, Merlot uh, as a premium varietal. They've they've done they've won a lot of awards. It got the 2017 Wine of the Year and uh, Wine Spectator, which was their Napa Valley Merlot Three Palms Vineyard is what it's called. I we we're, we'll get into red wines a bit later. I don't want to get into that too much. Just a little bit of background on these guys. This wine, <clears throat> very well received. The the 2015, <clears throat> specifically the Chardonnay, is what I'm drinking. Um, if you look at some of these, uh, Wilford Wong is the wine, wine.com guy who does the ratings. They got a, a 92 there, Wine Enthusiast 91. Uh, Robert Parker's Wine Advocate, uh, that's 90. Those are all kind of the biggest, would you say, Randy, the biggest kind of uh, – uh, publications, so to speak, about wine, wine enthusiasts, wine advocate, and wine.com. Yeah, absolutely. Wine Spectator is actually a Schenken uh, publication, which oh, is Mar Marvin Schenken, the same man that is the publisher for uh, Cigar Aficionado. Mm. They do a whiskey one as well, right? They do. Yeah, he's got a he's got a ton of um, alcohol and uh, and fun. Uh, the the type of vices that we like, Shankin yeah. is usually the uh, has a magazine in it, um, and you know it wouldn't be a, a one of our flavor odyssey shows if I didn't make a slight correction to something that you said. Indeed. Um, the uh, you know you you reference estate wines, um, and as a turn of phrase, uh, to me what uh, to call something estate 
is really to indicate uh, vertical integration, as we know the term in, in cigars. It's um, again with Chardonnay, it can be so heavily manipulated at the winery, and so I think um, it's a point of pride to say that they didn't just manipulate someone else's grapes; they actually took control from the the uh, the original rootstock to grow the grapes to a very specific, um, you know, point, and uh, and then their techniques were layered on top of that. So anytime you see an estate wine, uh, that that's right on par with everything that we talk about with uh, vertical integration and really taking control from from root to to glass, stemless in this case. Se- from seed to smoke. It is stemless, <laughs> indeed. Um, Going back to the cigar over here, sorry. <laughs> which is basically, Randy, exactly what I just said. Um, <clears throat> Jordan got bored with. with I just wanted to look at the name room. (laughs) It's so sexy. It's a good-looking cigar. It is. It's got the. uh, It it is a fantastic cigar. Uh, Randy, tell us a little bit about the wine that you're drinking. Uh, So Kendall Jackson. um, Well, the winery you chose got famous for making Merlot. The winery I chose got famous for making Chardonnay. Jess Jackson in 1974 uh, began a winery in um, in the Sonoma Valley, and at the time Chardonnay was um, kind of dying off in popularity as uh, Pinot Noir and Cabernet Sauvignon were were rising uh, to the ranks of of everybody's uh, preference on on the palate, and uh, Jess Jackson saw an opportunity to really uh, grab hold and realize he had an opportunity to be the known uh, winemaker, or I'm sorry, uh, grape grower for Chardonnay. And so for the first six years, he simply sold grapes. And when uh, everybody else started to see that he was onto something, they started planting more Chardonnay. And there was a glut of uh, Chardonnay grapes available. And so the price per pound of, of grapes Uh, got to a point where it was unsustainable for him to continue to grow. And he saw an opportunity as most Chardonnays at the time in the early 80s were late 70s and early 80s were uh, fairly low quality, you know, very inexpensive, uh, a couple bucks for a bottle of table wine uh, type beverage. And he saw an opportunity to enter into an untouched category and segment within Chardonnay of a very high quality uh, grape at a moderately affordable price, but still uh, more expensive than uh, what you could normally find on, in the store. And so uh, Kendall Jackson, uh, his, uh, his first wife's maiden name was Kendall. And so uh, that was, that's where the name Kendall Jackson comes from. Uh, but Jess Jackson uh, has become known as the, he is the number one producer of Chardonnay in the world. Um, and their family is um, has become extremely successful with um, many many uh, brands that you, that you would recognize, um, though you may not know that it's actually a Jackson Wine family brand, um, all based out of Sonoma Valley, which is uh, for those that don't know, as it's uh, significantly less well known in the wine industry than than Napa Valley. Sonoma Valley is actually parallel to the Napa Valley. There's just a, a mountain ridge that that separates them. Sonoma being closer to the Pacific Ocean, and so actually having a cooler front. And so Sonoma Valley 
is more well known for producing Chardonnays and Pinot Noirs, which benefit from that cooler climate and the cooler nights uh, in, in that valley. While uh, Napa Valley is more uh, popularized behind the Merlots and, and Cabernet Sauvignons that would actually, um, it, the cool nights would be detrimental uh, to the sugar content and, and the strength of, uh, of a red wine. Um, so uh, so their, their Grand Reserve, uh, again, I, as I said, while they're based out of Sonoma Valley, they do have a state uh, um, vineyards in Santa Barbara, which does have that warmer climate. And so the one that I'm drinking, you know, I, I, I worked very hard to find this specific wine because I wanted it to go well with the cigar. And so um, those warmer climates do push the more pineapple and mango fruit characteristics, but it also has a very heavy uh, oak aging and malolactic fermentation that drives uh, a lot more of that nutty to bread toast um, and, and buttery, creamy, smooth mouthfeel that, um, that I felt was going to give the best opportunity for a good pairing with the numero uno. Numero wow. uno. That's a lot of uh, words you just said there. <laughs> Randy, I missed most of that. Could you could you just give us one more time? Maybe one more time. Just give us the key points. <laughs> bullet, uh, bullet, bullet points. Bullet points. That's bullet a that's a yeah, word. If you could bullet point that's that one. That would be great. Um, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> I'm man, you can hit that falsetto. Whew, that's man. A, that Impressive. <laughs> um, so let's, can I let's, just can I just say that sure. Jordan's sister has an angelic singing voice. It, her her music can be found on Spotify, and she is wildly more talented than Jordan. As much as she <laughs> likes to sing, That's she true. is so much better at it. I don't know how they came from the same Gosh, genetic tree. <laughs> I taught her everything I know. Eric. No, Eric, actually, there's two sing? sisters. No, I cannot sing. I am horrible can, at it. Can your wife sing? Yes, she can. Yeah. That, okay, so that's, yeah. it had to come from somewhere. Yeah, it did not come from me. Trust me on that. <laughs> so Jordan gets it from you then. Yes, yes. <laughs> it might not be the best voice, but... There's no but. I have a feeling that you guys are coming up on... Judging this pairing, but can, can since me and Jordan are yeah we're uh, we're, we're 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 mere you know small players pairing mortals we're pairing mortals in this show so I'm gonna go first and then I'm gonna let you guys like really like nail it down but I gotta say whoever came up with this Chardonnay pairing between the two of you guys was genius this wine brings out the best in this cigar like I've had this cigar a I don't know. 20 times, like, I've had so many of these cigars, and they're not cheap. So, like, normally, like, to me, that's a lot of this cigar. But this wine, Jordan, to me, mm. it brings out the saltiness and the sweetness and the buttery flavor. And the wine is just like a canvas, and the cigar is like Cigar definitely shines. It's like the paint on the canvas. Right. And it's amazing pairing. I never... Imagine in a million years I was going to like this pairing, and I absolutely love it. What do you say, Jordan? I, I like it. I don't love it. I and I, I don't even know why. You know, it's just like on everything that you find, I can find on paper, or every word that I can put t to the the notes, 
makes sense between the two. But I just feel like I'm missing something. I don't know if it's um, there's almost like too much tannin from the wine. That's like too mm. much cheek puckering action from the wine f- that doesn't work with the cigar. But there's something that just falls flat. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's okay. Oh, me and Jordan are we're we're, uh, we're at odds. <clears throat> well, Randy, I was going to say after, uh, as I pour myself another glass, I beg your pardon, uh, I was going to say after Eric spoke that our work is done and we can wrap up shop and go home, yeah. um, <clears throat> Jordan, however, Jordan, question for you. Do you normally drink white wine? No. Okay. Good. I think that, that, might, uh, that might answer the I'm question a, man. a little bit. man. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that uh, was in question, Jordan. Um, no. but, but, the skinny uh, jeans give it away. Yeah. <laughs> But Master Sensei also isn't uh, a regular white wine drinker. We, we yeah, but he's got a better palate. That's, oh, that's fair. I, hey. that's okay. I, I normally drink red wine, and everybody knows that. I Usually every night I share my red wine for dinner on Facebook. So I, I'm, a, I'm a red wine guy. I love Zinfandels. So I wasn't expecting to like this pairing, but I love it. It's, I th- I'm going to do this again. Like I'm telling you right now, I dig this pairing very much. I, uh, Randy, come from uh, an Italian background. My last name would uh, would uh, tell you otherwise. But I've had red wine with dinners since I can remember. Uh, at family dinners, the big the big family dinner that's kind of an Italian cliche. Like we would, that was that was part of uh, me growing up. And I always uh, I always really was drawn to red wine, and I, I love red wine. Um, I did not drink white wine until I met my wife. I did just wasn't as like, ah, oh, it's sweet, it's gross, nah, never really liked it. It's I've I've come around a lot uh, on on red wine and rosé specifically. I absolutely love rosé. Um, that wouldn't have, that might have been an, an actually kind of a decent pairing here as well, but uh, I'd never really had a lot of uh, white wine in my younger drinking days. This pairing. Uh, for me, on paper, made a ton of sense. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the flavor characteristics, uh, and I've had this wine before uh, several times. It's very, very good. It's got it's it's buttery, but not over the top. That buttery note comes from that that oak, um, that French oak flavor. It has enough fruit to kind of keep it a bit more bright on the palate. Uh, I didn't know too much about the cigar coming in, but for me, the flavor hook definitely is that buttery characteristic. The, um, the uh, what's the other one? Why I'm losing the term. Intensity of flavor is uh, very, very much there for uh, for the wine along with the cigar. There is a lot of of crossover in flavor. I feel like I don't. I, I know Eric said that it, this is bringing the cigars to new heights for him. I've only smoked it this one time, so I can't say that. But it it feels like this pairing is really bringing both. Of, I've had this wine before. None of this wine is getting run over at all. In fact, I feel like I'm enjoying this wine a bit more. Um, I'm almost putting the whole bottle back myself. Moderation. Moderation. But uh, this wine is elevated. The cigar is very, very good. It, it's, it is a very enjoy, enjoyable pairing for me, Randy. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, again, um, I, I, I hunted out, you know, and you, you, 
you really have to look at what Chardonnay you're drinking because some are going to be brighter and not have as much nuttiness, not be quite as buttery. Uh, the one that I chose is extremely buttery, very nutty, um, great body. Again, you know, the, the cigar uh, has that lingering character. I would say that this wine specifically uh, lingers well. And, and to your point, neither of them are running over each other. They're in perfect harmony on the palate. Uh, my pairing is an absolute thumbs up. Uh, this is a, a, this is going as well as I could have hoped as, uh, as some of the flavors in, in the cigar are, are also bready and nutty and without being overly intense. So yeah, they, they, they're paired perfectly on intensity. There's plenty of flavor hooks that I've, I've, uh, I've, voiced already between the bready nutty buttery creamy characteristics and you know i also read our good friend jordan's uh a review and he even mentioned some citrus character in, in the cigar that i get just ever so slightly that uh is even working with the pineapple uh, uh subtle note in the wine so yeah man this is a uh, this was genius i'm with eric whoever thought of it was just brilliant <laughs> thank you because it was my idea um i uh i i, I was like you wanted scotch <laughs> no this, initially this was my idea i wanted to change because frankly patrick talked me into it but uh i was uh, maybe i was pandering to the audience who knows but um i didn't want to reference the citrus note in jordan's review because i'm really not getting that out of the cigar i do get it out of the wine uh, and if it's there it's super super faint for me uh, that doesn't mean it is is there or isn't there. Uh, I'm just not picking up on that. Uh, Jordan's palate is much more um, uh, detailed detailed than mine is. But the uh, this pairing, I'm, I'm I I felt on paper that it was going to work. I didn't think it was going to work this well. I'm really glad that uh, Randy, you pushed back on the change that Patrick. So look, I'm pulling myself completely out of this. I'm very being very. Uh, I'm, it's like I'm running for office. I, uh, I, I, I'm glad, Randy, that you pushed back on this, and Patrick, <sighs> your, uh, your push to uh, change it was totally wrong. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think a, the, the scotches that we were talking about, the Glenmorangie 10 and a Glenmorangie, Glenmorangie, depending on who you ask, I was going to drink an Oban 14. Those pairings would have been very, very good as well for very different reasons. But there sure. is a bit of a, in the Oban specifically, there's a bit of a citrus kind of peel orange peel note that I get out of that particular uh, scotch that would have been fantastic with this cigar. So I think that <clears throat> we could have gone a couple of different directions. We could have gone with coffee. It would have been great. I'm so far that Moscow Mule is really what surprised me the most. Uh, yes, correct, Patrick. Uh, for 150%, you were the one who told me that uh, wine is for sissies and I need to drink scotch. But I... I, I <laughs> I, I could paste the, the Facebook conversation, but I won't. I don't want to embarrass him. But, but, uh, I think he said the opposite of that. Oh, did he? Uh, I don't know. I was, I'm, I'm just in defense mode. Randy's just crazy. But, uh, no, I think this pairing is, is phenomenal, man. I'm, this, I mean, this particular wine, this is, it's a high-end pairing on, on, on my side. Um, I don't uh, normally seek out uh, – I mean, this is probably like a $35 bottle. Which for wine, I guess, is for, for Chardonnay is expensive. It's not over the top, but it is a little bit expensive. Uh, I mean, the, the price of it doesn't really matter. But Randy, I think yours is more approachable, which kind of lends credence to the idea that you don't have to spend a ton, especially when you're talking about Chardonnay. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the bottle that I picked up, uh, I think MSRP is 24. I think I paid 21 for it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's very approachable for a 750 mil. Um, and, and again, it's a it's it's not something that you would normally think of. You know, I've never thought to pair white wine and cigars until we really sat down and started looking until at. Yes, of course. Until you suggested it, Rob. Um, and, and so I, I, I'm I, totally kidding. I have, I don't remember who suggested. It. Uh, just, well, no, it's it's exciting because in in season one we talked about what we thought would be one of the tougher pairings was going to be IPA, and we literally waited till I think the, the last uh, within the last five shows of the of sure. the alphabet at least before we finally tackled it. So uh, I'm excited that we. Um, had one that was kind of uh, uh, there's some trepidation about doing it, and we tackled it early, and um, and I'm excited about the next couple of weeks. You know, we have two more rounds of Connecticut, trying to find the perfect pairing for a Connecticut wrapper. Uh, as you said, we, last week with was the Moscow Mule. Um, now with the Chardonnay, can we reveal what the next two uh, libations are? We can. Well, we're going to tell everybody what those next two pairings are, Terrific. and I'm going to do that right now, Randy, as I stall for time to pull up my word doc. Next week, which will be the 8th, correct? Ah, the 10th, actually. Uh, <laughs> it is, no, I, I was looking at July. Um, it's the 10th. Sober Mesa Brulee, Randy. That cigar is is very, very good. We've talked about it. Uh, that We're going to pair that with coffee and this special cream <laughs> that Randy makes, which also sounds awful. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to give us the the recipe on that. Maybe Maybe, Randy, could you post that in advance? Because I know you you make this at home, and I've I've had a, a creamed coffee at your house with a pairing. Uh, what was it? it? Was the uh, the Roma Craft uh, Intemperance EC right? Correct. Uh, the Lonsdale, and with that cream, the creamer that you guys make is phenomenal. It's a little bit sweet, but not over the top. It's just so so good. That is going to be next week's pairing. Uh, the following week is the Rose of Sharon Desert Rose, Randy, and we are going with a Pilsner. That is yet unnamed. But as Randy had mentioned, we're, we're trying to get away from the idea of pairing with something specific. You don't have to get the specific Pilsner that Randy and I are going to drink. We can, it's, I mean, a Pilsner across the board, for the most part, you get into some artisanal Pilsners are going to be a bit more hop forward. But um, the, uh, the, the idea is to go with a, a Pilsner style. So it's not necessarily, like tonight, it was a, it was a Chardonnay style. It's not necessarily that you have to get the specific one. Uh, and really with, with wine, it's a bit more universal. You can probably find these at your local, um, your local uh, bottle shop or wherever it is that you, you purchase your wine. But with beer, it's going to be a bit more uh, regional. Uh, we may focus on something that's local to California. We may do uh, a beer that is uh, much more widely available. We may do a beer that we've already done before. Um, but the idea is to focus more on the style than the particular beer. Hey, uh, Robbie and Randy, yeah. both. I'll ask you guys both of this question. Since we're on episode two, season two, uh, we've done you've done the Perdomo Champagne with the Moscow Mule. Now we've done the Numero Uno with the Chardonnay. We're trying to find the perfect pair. So out of these two, which one would you give the edge to so far? Mm. Where are we at so far? Ooh. That, that's a really tough question. And as you're asking it, and I'm buying Randy time here too. As uh, as you were asking that question, I thought, you know what? This is super easy. I'm going to answer this question right away. And then I thought about last week's pairing too. They've both been very, very good. If there was one that I was going to revisit 
maybe on a regular basis, the, the actual, maybe the, I don't know how to say this, the, the availability and accessibility of the cigar mm. probably comes into play. So mm. for me, if I can do last week's pairing at half the price of this week's, I'll do last week's. Mm. If, if, we're call, if, everything's, if everything's being equal, if we're not taking a price point or anything like that into consideration, I'll take this week's pairing. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'd actually echo that uh, that sentiment. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, one of the one of the things I, I used a lot in, in um, season one as my like decision maker, if I was on the fence, is if I was hosting a dinner and I was Ooh. trying to give an aha moment to my guests to really draw out more thoughtful. Um, uh, attention being paid to a pairing, I, I would definitely say it's this one. I think this it's one. Today's pairing, right? Yeah, yeah, I do the same. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For numero uno with, with with the Chardonnay, I think would raise a lot of eyebrows. Would bring a lot of um, awareness to people about some of those more nuanced flavors and and how they're resonating with each other. And um, where where I'm I'm with Rob, I I'll probably more frequently throughout the summer this year. Drink more Moscow Mules or champagnes, just as a, as a go-to kind of every day. Um, but uh, but this one definitely stands out as like a wow, like that's that's a really unique and interesting expression on the palate to to enjoy with a cigar for sure. Uh, and to say that you're like you're hosting to me that also puts <clears throat> excuse me that puts the setting in there as well. And I think the fact that we have to qualify it this much shows that we have two really good pairings. But Absolutely. The setting of this is going to make a big difference. Is this something where I've got a couple of buddies around and we're just kind of shooting the breeze and and uh, and, and it's just, ninety degrees out? Yeah, and just kind of hanging out. <laughs> but I'd probably go with the champagne with the uh, with the Moscow Mule, and I'll say, "Hey boys, I've got something that's probably going to blow your mind. You wouldn't expect that this would be good." But if I'm uh, hosting a, a, a dinner or something, I, we ever really do that, but you know, I'm sure some people do. Uh, or if I'm just kind of hanging out by myself. And I'm just, I want to have this, uh, this particular, I want to reach out for a particular pairing. This cigar is so, so good. And this particular wine, and Randy, I'll speak for my own, but yours, I've, I've actually had the wine that, uh, that you've had. It is also very, very good. This pairing is like, it's like a different level. Like I want to have like, like a nice filet of fish or something mm. like some kind of like a, a, with a, like a butter sauce over some rice or something, and then finish it off with this, like get out of town, that would be phenomenal. Interesting. We've got to have a dinner. when Once we're allowed to be in the same place again, Rob, got to have Dane over. We're definitely doing a, a buttered tilapia dish, with, and we'll, we'll, we'll settle out into the back patio with this pairing. I can't yeah, wait. You guys are Dude, such uh, rule followers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, they're good. That's good. It's That's good. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Randy's got an infinite home. And a wife at home. Uh, I've got a wife at home. We're just trying to keep it pretty safe. Yeah, we're, it's illegal for us you know to go many, outside. How many infants <laughs> I have running around my home? <laughs> With swords? I saw that from Chad. It's so funny. Chad would ask if I open bottles of champagne with a sword. A L- little known fact that not even you guys know, I actually have a sword collection. There's an actual wait, wait, wait. Uh, champagne saber. They like You can buy like a champagne saber. Everybody raise your hand if you're surprised that Randy has a sword collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. 
Would everybody raise your hand if Randy has, if you were surprised that Randy has a human skull collection? <laughs> whoa, whoa, there's no human skulls. I mean, human fake skulls. You know. <laughs> They're plaster. Okay, human skulls was a bit too much. Maybe like deer skulls or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I do have some buffalo skulls. My, my grandfather. There it is. There it is. What? That's, what I, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. I, I wasn't insinuating that you were a serial killer, although I have questions. But it, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No, this, this right. I'll tell you what. This pairing surprised me. This pairing surprised me more than last week's did, if that's for whatever that's yeah. worth. Um, but so far, so good. I think next week's pairing is going to be out of the park uh, as well because um, uh, it's, I mean, we, it's a phenomenal cigar. We're going with a coffee and cream uh, pairing. It's going to be very good. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of this and to see where we land. Uh, and that, that wild card episode is going to be a lot of fun right after this before we jump into the next, uh, to, into next, uh, the next wrapper. We may have some guests during the wild card episodes. We may not. We may be shirtless. Randy's hey. definitely not wearing pants. So who knows what's going to happen in those wild card episodes? I never wear pants. That's fair. What no. is happening on uh, Smoke Night Live this week, boys? Ah, so Smoke Night Live, we got uh, Nick Malilo, you know, the uh, chief of the Broadleaf, Nick Aragua. He's going to be on the show. We'll be hanging out, having some fun with Nick. That'll be a good time. And guys, uh, I got to say, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to upend this Friday show because it's going to be great with Nick. But the week after that, you better hold on to your seatbelts because things are about to get extremely wild on the dojo some crazy stuff is coming down and you're gonna want to tune in trust me on that as i tell you that come come mid-june things are gonna change big time it's gonna be some amazing stuff bubble party yeah i'm not gonna say <laughs> i just the bubble parties just seem so gross <laughs> <laughs> like that to me is like the ball pit at uh at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. It's just like, ugh, this is nasty stuff growing in there, and I want nothing to do with it. But uh, that's, I, I don't know why, Randy, you had to steal the thunder because that was a pretty nice tease for a couple weeks. I don't even know who's coming on in a couple weeks. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, so, Randy, that's, that's it. Two thumbs up for the numero uno with Chardonnay. This was uh, an eye opening episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely getting out of that comfort zone and uh, trending towards uh, next week's. Sobre Mesa with uh, coffee and cream. I never, ever, Randy, put cream in my coffee. I am a black coffee guy through and through. And so Robbie, what did be... you uh, rate that cigar? Uh, 87, 87, I think. Was, it was one of the, it's the only review I've ever That's written. For <laughs> <laughs> you did that and one, it, yeah. And it was uh, an 87. Uh, or there were... Uh, there were uh, certain things that happened at the beginning of that cigar that uh, threw it off for me. Uh, but once we got past that, the cigar was very, very good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I've smoked a few since, and I've had the same experience every time. So it's, it's a really, really good cigar. Um, I'd probably put it, if we're rating of the three, uh, let's just say today's Connecticut and last week's Connecticut, I'd put Sobre Mesa right in the middle. I'll put the Numero Uno, Sobre Mesa, and then the Champagne. Because I think that the Sober Mesa had a bit more depth and complexity than Champagne. The Champagne is one of those cigars, super good, super tasty. It's a lot better than I remember it being, and I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm seeking it out. But uh, that Sober Mesa, once for me, I got past that first quarter inch. 
it is it has a ton of depth of flavor but uh that's my thought on I'd, those three right? I'd, I'd agree with the, that uh ranking Randy, yeah. what's your assessment on those three? Yeah, no, no, I, I would put them in the exact same order and w- without going off on a tangent as we're at the end of the show here um, on ratings, I'd like to say that when I look at ratings, I view 87 as a score of a very, very good Absolutely, cigar. absolutely. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's a solid, yeah. solid. I, hey, when I brought home bees, my parents were thrilled. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... <laughs> And that's like, and that's almost like eighty-seven. You're on the verge of B plus. No, that's like, true. That like, too, too many no. people think that like an eighty-eight or an eighty-seven is like, ah, uh, it sucks. No, that that's a good cigar. That's a really good Very cigar. Good. It's a good really cigar. It is. Really good cigar. It yeah, is. Yeah. I will say personally, for me, there's a big difference between an eighty-seven and an eighty-eight. Yeah. And there's I, a big. I think I, I like the I like the brulee more than you did. I think because I, I smoked yeah. a gazillion of those things. Yeah. It's a it's a very good cigar. It really is. I I enjoy it. We're having it on the freaking show for, for yeah. goodness sake. It's I I, I we had a, a ton and Randy actually kind of pushed to have this one on there because it is so popular and it is so good and I think it's I honestly when I'll, I'll say this now I think next week's is going to be our best parent. Ooh, that soap mesa with with the cream coffee. I think that's going to be the best um, pairing of those. But I also think it's a little bit obvious. Hey, quick, quick question, Eric. Uh, you know, I've I've threatened. Uh, I, I've always wanted to have my own like uh, cooking show. Yeah. I if I commit right here on the air right now over the weekend at some point, can I air an actual making of my homemade creamer? Of course. Please do. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Do it on the on the Dojo Facebook page. I think people would appreciate Sweet. that. I, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what, boys and girls, this creamer that Randy makes is no joke. I do not put cream in my coffee. I never do. But you throw this creamer. Randy, are we going iced coffee or hot coffee next week? Iced coffee. Randy, oh. I taste a lot of uh, sweetened condensed milk in that recipe. Am I on the right track? You're gonna have to watch the video this weekend and see. And neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> okay. Randy's got a little bit of, of Vietnamese in his coffee. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's, it's sweetened condensed milk. But it, I'm telling you, it's. It's. I, I don't know if that's what's in it. It wouldn't surprise me. But super, super good. So if uh, Randy, if you do that, everybody's gonna want to tune in. I did not do a video of my smoking experience during cigar barbecue, Randy, because. As I told you, at one point, there were seven-foot-high flames shooting out of the top of my smoker. So uh, when you want to learn about smoking, don't come to me. Go to Robbie. <laughs> How'd your beer it turn was, out, Robbie? Uh, it is uh, it is cold crashing as we speak. Okay. It has uh, it is fermented nicely. It was a vigorous, aggressive fermentation, which you like to see. Um, I think it's going to be closer to a session beer than I anticipated, but I don't keep uh, DME, DME, Randy, mm-hmm. on hand to uh, up that, uh, to up my uh, gravity. Start so, gravity. yeah, gravity. I, I don't uh, keep that on hand to up my gravity, which I should, because I'm always low. But uh, Randy, at one point, I would like to have you come brew with me and tell me what I'm doing wrong. I maybe, would... maybe we could live stream that whole thing. That yeah. would be a fun. That would be a fun Saturday. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, let's. Uh, so we're going to wrap this up. Again, two thumbs up. We'll be back next week. Sobre Mesa with uh, creamed ice coffee with Randy's special recipe. It is fantastic. You will not want to miss that. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay healthy. 
Be kind to each other. We'll see you next week.